Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to God's house today. This week, I noticed outside of church there was a bird, and he was doing his best to fly into the church, but the one thing that was between him and the inside was a window. Just couldn't figure it out. Kudos to our window washers here at church. That's going great. But this bird couldn't do whatever he wanted. He couldn't go wherever he wanted. He was stuck. God reminds us in his word today that that's what he has done to the devil. The devil wants to get at us. The devil wants to do whatever he can to wreak havoc in our lives. But God has limited, God has bound him. The devil is bound. And so that means with God's people, he is bound to fail. The devil is. We'll follow along with the order of services. It's printed out for you in our worship folder and projected on the screen beginning with our first hymn, 455.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Since Adam and Eve listened to the devil, all of us have been born into this world sinful, enemies of God, our natural will opposed to God's will. Let us confess our sins to our merciful God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. He sought out Adam and Eve in the garden and promised to send one who would crush the serpent's head. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, your Son, Jesus, triumphed over Satan and freed us from our bondage to sin. Rule our lives, enable us to do your will, and help others to see that we belong to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated for our scripture lesson. Our first lesson for today from Revelation chapter 20. This is a revelation, remember, and the thousand years that are spoken of here are not to be taken in a, in a literal way, but in a way that it's a set time that God knows about. Uh, God has bound the devil, limited his power, and you and I, as God's people, we live and reign with Christ. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Alleluia. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Alleluia. Please stand in honor of the gospel. The Gospel according to Mark chapter 3. These words will serve as the basis for our sermon today. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beelzebul. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying, He has an impure spirit. 
Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for the hymn of the day.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Serpent Crusher. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the gospel lesson from Mark 3. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It's a painful thing to watch when someone you love, their life is out of control. They're sleeping when they should be awake. They're awake when they should be sleeping. They're eating too much or not enough. They're putting the wrong kinds of things into their body and not enough of the right kinds of things. They're irritable. Things are just a mess. They can't seem to hold a job. They need someone to step in. They need someone who cares about them to help them find help. It's time for an intervention. That's how Jesus' family felt about the way his life was going. This is out of control. This is out of hand. Something's wrong here. We need to step in, Jesus. As you read through the first couple chapters of Mark, you can see just how crazy things were getting for Jesus. Jesus was being swarmed by people everywhere he went. He couldn't go into a town openly. Otherwise, people would just crowd around him, and he had to stay out in the, the solitary places. Once he was in a house and things were so crowded and full, the only way people could get to him was by taking apart the roof, making a hole in the roof, and lowering their friend down through that hole in the roof. Jesus, when he was by the Sea of Galilee, was pressed so hard by the crowds uh, that he had to have a boat ready for him so he could stand out on the boat. Well, everybody kind of came right up to the edge of the shore. Jesus was healing people late into the night, and then early in the morning, he would go out into lonely, solitary places to pray. And here in our section of Scripture, things were so crowded at this house, which was likely in Capernaum, that Jesus and his disciples weren't even able to eat. Jesus' family members said, this is enough, this is crazy, it's out of control. They went to take charge of him. Uh, this, is, this is a firm word. We're stepping in. We're doing something about it. Uh, Jesus, this has, to, this has to end. Things have to change here. It's time for an intervention. But it wasn't just Jesus' family that felt that way either. Some teachers of the law had come up from Jerusalem, and they thought Jesus was out of line. Jesus has gone too far. This is, this is not good. This is not right. They said, Jesus, you're driving out demons, but you're doing that by Beelzebul. Kind of a setup for this that we don't see in Mark's gospel. Matthew's gospel has it. Matthew records that a man was brought to Jesus who couldn't speak or see, demon-possessed. Jesus cast that demon out. And that's what prompted the teachers of the law to say that. It is by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that he uh, drives out demons. The word Beelzebul is another word for Satan, the devil. 
And Beelzebul seems to mean Lord of the house. That's the way the devil was referred to, especially when he had taken possession of someone's body, made someone's body his dwelling place, Lord of the house, Beelzebul. Well, was what the Jewish leaders were saying, was that true? The teachers of the law, did they have a point? What was really going on? Jesus began telling them parables. In these parables, he talked about a kingdom and a house and Satan, going from a more broad principle, a general principle, down to a more specific point. With each of them, he said something similar. It can't stand if it's divided against itself. It's just not going to last. It's not going to make it. It it can't operate that way. Um, So Satan, if he's driving out himself, it's not going to be able to last. We could think of it similar to a baseball team. If the Milwaukee Brewers, all of the players were out for themselves, and any time a mistake happened on the field, they'd throw each other under the bus and just trying to make themselves look good, a team divided against itself season would be over before it even started. Uh, They wouldn't have a chance that season because when they're divided against themselves, they cannot stand. Jesus said the devil, really, is more like a strong man. And as you look at the devil in Scripture, that's true. The devil is powerful. The devil is strong. Uh, Throughout the Gospels, The devil and demons possessed different people and caused great harm for them. Made it so that they couldn't use their senses or their faculties. uh, Wreaked a lot of havoc among individuals and among families in communities. The devil is strong. But Jesus said, enough. The devil needs to be bound. I'm going to tie that devil up. Uh, Jude chapter 6 says that the angels, I'm sorry, Jude verse 6, says that the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their place with God, these God has bound with everlasting chains to be held for judgment. The devil was bound. And Jesus went into the devil's house to carry off what the devil had. You and I, when we were born, we were following in the devil's path, the ways of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We were walking in his lies. We were trapped by him. We were in trouble. But Jesus said, I'm going to bind the devil. I'm going to rescue you. Jesus went to the cross There he redeemed you and me with his blood, rescued, carried off. We belong to God. The devil is bound. The devil is limited. You and I are set free. The Lord loves us. Jesus has rules over us, and we are free in him. It's time for an intervention. And Jesus made that happen, intervening for you and me with Satan. But also, intervening with you and me with sin. 
When someone needs an intervention, they need to be told, this is what's going to happen if things continue on the current path. Uh, you're going to end up impaired or injured. Your family's going to fall apart. You're going to die. Things are not going well here. It's time for an intervention. Well, that's what Jesus did here when it came to sin. What Jesus said, Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. Jesus reminds us here that all sins, all slander, all bad speech, all sins are forgiven in him. But he talks about an eternal sin here, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. To blaspheme means to speak against, to conclude verbal harm on someone. And Jesus wanted those teachers of the law to know, you're getting close to this. You need an intervention. You're headed down a dangerous, deadly, eternally condemnable path here. Because what those teachers of the law were saying, they were ascribing Jesus driving out demons to the devil. Yet it was really the Holy Spirit. Jesus was driving out demons by the Holy Spirit. Mark's account doesn't say that, but Matthew's account does refer to that and talk about that. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus at his baptism. And by the Holy Spirit, Jesus went around doing uh, preaching and teaching and miracles and driving out demons. And the teachers of the law were saying, no, that's not by God's Spirit. That's happening by the devil. Jesus was warning them, don't blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. That makes you guilty of an eternal sin. When it comes to blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, some of us may wonder, have I done that in my life? Have I committed the sin against the Holy Spirit? If you're concerned about that, that just goes to show that the Holy Spirit is still working on your heart, that the Holy Spirit is still trying with you. And we can't say when someone has committed the sin against the Holy Spirit. But the point for you and me today is, don't neglect the Holy Spirit. Don't undervalue Him. Don't think what He does for us is no big deal. I'm not going not gonna to worry about that, not going to think about that. No, listen to the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit to take a foothold in your heart and to increase your faith. Hear the Holy Spirit's words as he brings the message of Jesus, your Savior, the serpent crusher, to you. This is the Holy Spirit who came upon Jesus at his baptism. This is the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent on Pentecost. This is the Holy Spirit who comes to you and me through God's word and brings us our Savior who binds the devil and drives the devil away from us. It's time for an intervention. And Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit who intervenes in the ways that we need most. But not just an intervention with Satan and with sin. There's also an intervention here with siblings. Jesus' mother and brothers finally got there. 
they arrived at the house and they sent someone in to get Jesus. Now perhaps things were so crowded that they didn't think they could all go in there. After all, uh, Mark chapter 6, other places in the gospel record how Jesus had uh, at least four brothers and multiple sisters as well. There were several people probably there who had gone to talk to Jesus about things. So maybe they couldn't fit through the crowd and that's why they sent someone in. It's also possible that they sent someone in because they were just looking for Je- to give Jesus an out. Jesus, come on out here. That way you can at least have a bite to eat. Or maybe they were concerned about how the crowd might react if they were to all go in there and haul Jesus out uh, by the arms. Maybe the crowd wouldn't like that. Either way, they sent the word into Jesus uh, that we're here to get you, we need to talk to you, uh, come on out. When Jesus heard about that, he said, Who are my mother and brothers? How do you think Jesus' family felt about that? Jesus, we're coming to help you, and now you ask, who are my brother and brothers and mother? Don't you care about us? Are you trying to distance yourself from us? Are you trying to set up a barrier between yourself and us? What's going on? Jesus was actually trying to intervene with their hearts, too. Jesus' own family members. Because they didn't understand just all that Jesus came to do. They thought Jesus was out of his mind, but Jesus was very much in his right mind. Jesus had us on his mind. Jesus was doing it all for us. Jesus was spending himself for you and for me, for the other people in that house, for his family members, for the whole world. Jesus' mind was in the absolutely right place. He was healing people, teaching, preaching, and he would go to the cross for the sins of the world, for yours and mine too. Jesus was in his right mind. Who are my brothers and my mother? Jesus looked at those who were seated in the circle around him, uh, likely near the front of Jesus' disciples, not just the twelve, But Jesus' disciples, men and women who were following him, learning from him, putting their trust in him, Jesus said, here, look, these are my brothers and sisters and my mother. And then Jesus broadened it out even more. Even speaking to the teachers of the law, even speaking to those who weren't sure why they were there, just maybe wanted to see Jesus do some miracles and be surprised by that. Speaking to people, no matter what situations they were in, what ailments that they had, no matter how far they had fallen, speaking to you and me as well. He says, whoever, anyone who, it doesn't matter who, but whoever does the will of God, that is my brother and sister and my mother. Now you and I, we know very well that none of us can do God's law, none of us can carry out God's law and earn a spot in God's family. Doing the will of God is simply this. God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, 
who gave his life as a ransom for you and me. Doing the will of God is simply trusting in him who has done all things for us. This is Jesus' invitation to you and me. You are my brother. You are my sister. If today is one of the first times you're checking out church, this is Jesus' invitation for you. If this is the first time you're tuning in on YouTube or on cable and hearing this message, this is for you too. Even if you've been a member of a church, been a Christian for your whole life, this is still special, this is still a miracle, because you and I, none of us deserve this. But Jesus says, trust me. You are my brother, my sister, my family, through faith in my blood. Things were quite a mess. Things were out of control. This man was living out among the tombs and he would roam around the hillsides too. Day and night he would cut himself with stones and cry out. People had tried taking control of him, tried putting chains on his hands and feet, but they couldn't because every time they did, he would break out of them. This was a rough situation. This man needed help. So Jesus intervened. Jesus intervened to deal with not just one demon, not two demons, but legion. They were many. Jesus sent all those demons, all those devils, packing. He intervened for that man and rescued him. This is our Jesus. Jesus, the one who binds Satan, that strong man, who subdues him and shackles him for you and me. This is our Jesus who drives the tempter away with his temptations, who drives the accuser away. This is Jesus who intervenes for you and me in water and word as he washes us clean of our sins. Jesus who intervenes with this holy supper, his body and blood for our forgiveness. Jesus intervenes with you and me daily through his word so that we can always say, I'm free of the devil. I am Jesus' family member, and I will live for him. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. time the offerings will be brought forward.
Lord Jesus, thank you for tying up Satan and freeing us from his control. Help us to live each day as your brothers and sisters, trusting you who have done all things for us and living for you, our Savior. Send your spirit on us through your word that we may be reassured daily that all our sins are forgiven, that we have eternal life in you. Heavenly Father, we praise you for baby Archer Marston, born to Rachel and Zach Marston. Please bless this family and Archer's grandparents, Jim and Ann Bilgo as well, and give Archer new birth in holy baptism soon. In Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. be seated for the distribution. Uh, please note that if you're visiting with us today, uh, that we practice close communion here at St. Paul's, and there's an announcement about that on the screen and in the bulletin. Also, please note, if uh, you're, it's your first time back in a while, uh, we're, we've gone back to our pre-COVID uh, distribution flow, so that we'll have one side and then the other side not all up front at the same time. 